Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Monday, February the 26th, 2024. It is currently 6.27 p.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast on a somewhat regular basis, you know that really starting at the end of 2023, right, around that October timeframe, maybe even a little before that, uh, that kind of that timeframe, 2023 going into 2024, I started talking about Well, money in a much more frequent way. In fact, if you listen to all of my broadcasting career, which, you know, I don't even know, 30-something years of talking into microphones in some way, shape, or form, in some capacity, the one thing I've never really discussed is money. In fact, if you've listened to this podcast over the years, I've done everything in my power to give to the listeners and not ask. We've given away Bible dictionaries, Bible encyclopedias, systematic theologies, Bible handbooks. We have given away, given away over and over and over. If people need this or need that, need this. Uh, we've, we've tried to help pay, uh, for all kinds of things. We've tried to help people, help someone with uh, things that they needed to possibly get their GED. We've, we've tried to do everything we can to help people. We have tried to assist people in every way, shape, or form. Giveaway, giveaway. We even provided digital curriculum for people. We've tried to buy study guides, you name it. We, so, and because we never had to worry about money in any way, shape, or form. Never, never, not, never even an issue, right? Because this podcast was supported by a church, and that church was doing very well financially. Even though it was small, it always had plenty of money. And we also uh, had the same kind of rule in the local area. If someone needed help, we helped them, right? It's that simple. We helped them. So everything had gone well. So all of my years of broadcasting, never worried about it. In fact, early on, you know, I was sending uh, cassette tapes around the world, literally around the world, and not asking for any money. And once again, that I was paying out of my own pocket. So it's always been give, 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 give as much as humanly possible because that's the way I think it should be. Freely I have received, so freely I should give. Freely. God gave his son to die for me. I mean, so that's grace. That's mercy. So because I have freely received, I should freely give. That's always been the way we have operated, always. But as we started getting closer to the end of 2023, I started getting a little concerned, right? Not not mainly about the future of the church, but I knew the future of the church could greatly impact the future of this podcast. And if I'm being honest with you in a very selfish way, the future of my of my mortgage. How am I going to pay my mortgage? How am I going to make my house payment? Like so, there was a lot of things attached to it. So I started talking about it a little bit more frequently. Then, what two weeks ago, for the first time in almost twenty four years of ministry, for the first time ever, money became an issue for the church. For the first time ever in 24 years, we've never even had one business meeting. Not one business meeting, not one issue with money. We've not passed an offering plate in probably 15, 16 years. There's never been an issue with money. There's always been money 
And the bank, I've never asked for a salary other than them. Uh, well, for the first, what, 12 years, I never even took a dime. And then the church wanted to pay my house payment. And so they've been paying my house payment, right? Other than that, I've, even though with money in the bank, I've not asked for a salary, nothing, nothing. So we didn't have to worry about money. They make my house payment, that, the end. Don't worry about anything else. I don't care how much money's in the bank. I don't care if there's 15000 20000 24000 I'm not asking for a salary. I'm not asking for a raise. I'm not asking for anything. Then nobody has to worry about money. Everything is simple and easy, and that's the way we operated. No business meetings, not even worrying about it, right? Not even concerned with it until two weeks ago when I was notified that for the first time in the history of the church, the money coming in is not matching the money coming out. So then it's been two weeks of trying to, oh, we're going to cut this, and we're going to cut this, and we're going to cut this, and we're trying to figure it out, and there's all kinds of concerns, and there's a high probability that maybe, you know, the, that the church is coming to an end, or if it does come to an end, we're going to possibly try to sell the building, maybe have some type of a home church in some capacity. We don't know what that's going to look like. There is just so much uncertainty. We don't know. And that uncertainty, of course, then impacts this podcast, right? Because if I'm going to be worried about paying my my house payment, I can't be then at the same time trying to worry about how to pay for the podcast, right? Like, you know, you would you would hope that, you know, somehow the two could, could come together, but it, it's just not. So at some point, this podcast is not going to be connected to a church in any way, shape, or form. It's just going to be a podcast, and then it's going to come down to either people will support it or people will not support it, right? So that that's that's what I that's the context in which I've been going through. This massive change for the first time in my entire life, I've, I have to worry about money when it comes to ministry. For the first time, there's never been an issue. I mean, look, we're, we're a little church in the middle of nowhere, Texas. Our entire roof got ripped off by a tornado. You know what we did? We're like, guess what? We'll rebuild when we have money. And when we don't have money, we will, we'll just stop. And it took us two years to get a new roof on the building. And during that time, we remodeled the whole church. But we ne- we didn't get in debt. Didn't take out a loan, nothing. It was just if we have money, we build, and if we don't, we stop. That's we didn't do fundraising, we didn't do anything. That's the way it's always been in the history of the church. We've never had any debt. We've never, we've never had anything. We've never, we don't have a a, a payment on the building. We've literally been debt free. It's been it's been a beautiful twenty three years to never have to worry about money in a church. It has been amazing. So it's obviously somewhat shocking, troubling, concerning that somehow money could be the end, could be the end of the church, could be the end of, could be the end of this podcast, could be, could be me trying to figure out what to do to now bring in money to, to pay my mortgage. It's just been like, how did we end up here? Like you, you, you just don't think that that's how things are going to go. And I know that there are plenty of other churches. Y'all have had all kinds of issues with money and, 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 and all kinds of things. So that's why things have been talked about in a far, uh, far more frequency and have been trying to bring that to everyone's attention saying, Hey, you know, if you, if you, if you want to help keep this on the air, please do so. And if not, that's fine. So, and trying to, and what's the balance? Like, how much do you ask? Do you not ask? Do you just not say a word? And then one day the podcast gone and then people are emailing you and you're like, well, we didn't have the money to keep it going. Well, why didn't you ask? Well, that would be crazy because then the whole podcast would be gone. And then people are like, well, bring it back. We bring it back. Well, the entire library of the podcast is deleted. <laughs> okay. So then you've lost, you know, 
four, five, six, seven thousand hours of content. Wait, so you don't want to do, so like, it's really hard. Like, do you let people know? Do you not let people know? But you don't want to beg and you don't want to manipulate and you don't, and you definitely don't want to put things behind a paywall. So you're like, you're struggling with what's right, what's biblical. And what's everything? So it's in that context that the other day I saw a word. I saw a word. Now, remember, we're currently this year, we're doing what we're calling the Sermons 2.0 app challenge. Currently on the Sermons 2.0 app, in fact, right now as I'm broadcasting, if you'll go look at the other webcast, you're going to see one called Shareathon 2024. Shareathon 2024, and they have been doing broadcast called Shareathon for the last few days. I think I saw it the first time on Sunday, or maybe it was Saturday. And as soon as I saw it, of course, it caught my attention because, well, I've been thinking about money. I don't want to be thinking about money. I would rather be thinking about exegesis, hermeneutics, theology, a million other things. So I saw it and it caught my attention. So I said, you know, at some point, I'm going to have to take one of those and review it and have everyone else go listen to them for their 2024 sermons, sermon, uh, 2024, the sermons 2.0 sermon app challenge for 2024. However, I worded it, you get the idea. I'm I'm messing it up with Sherathon 2024. It's the sermons 2.0 app sermon challenge for 2024. And so as you're picking random sermons here now, now I'm kind of giving you something specific. You should look them up, share a thon. It's share, S-H-A-R-E dash A dash thon, T-H-O-N 2024. You should be able to find it. So I saw that and immediately I, you know, attached share a thon with raising money. In fact, if you look up the definition of share a thon, It's this, a share is an event typically held by radio stations or ministries to raise to support their operation. During a share listeners are encouraged to donate money to the station or ministry to help cover expenses such as operating costs, equipment upgrades, and program production. The name share comes from a combination of share and marathon, emphasizing the idea of sharing resources and running a fundraising campaign over an extended period of time. These events often involved on-air fundraising appeals, testimonies from supporters, uh, special programming, and challenges to encourage donations. Listeners are invited to call in, go online, or mail in donations during the share to contribute to the financial needs of the Christian radio station or ministry. The funds raised during the share helps sustain the organization and continue its mission of broadcasting Christian programming, music, and the outreach to the community. Overall, share serves as an important opportunity for supporters to partner with Christian radio stations or ministries and spreading their message and reaching out to the audience through the generosity and contributions of donors. Now, I definitely know share when it comes to Christian radio stations, because usually twice a year, twice a year, there's going to, they're going to take like an entire week. And it's almost around the clock, you know, seven in the morning to maybe seven at night. And they got people there and they're talking about the radio station and what they're doing. And you hear the phones ringing and they're like, thank you for that contribution from, you know, wherever, from Minnesota, from, you know, I don't know, South Dakota, North Dakota. Thank you so very much. Someone gave $50 and someone has given a thousand dollars and they will match every dollar for that up to a thousand dollars, whatever the case may be. And so, so, uh, they do different things like that. And I've heard, I've listened to those. I've listened to those countless times. So I do know what those are. 
but I don't think I've ever seen a share done as a church. I don't think I've ever witnessed that. So on the Sermons 2.0, uh, on the Sermons 2.0 app, again, right now, you can, again, look it up, share 2024. It looks like a church is doing a share And I've never seen that. When I first thought, I'm like, oh, it must be a podcaster. And they're going to do, because I know other broadcasters have done this. Look, I disagree with everything the man says, but Alex Jones has done that multiple times. He's going to broadcast for 24 hours or 48 hours to raise money to help support what he's doing. Um, so I've seen podcasters do it, but I don't think I've ever seen a church. So I have been intrigued. So I'm like, I've got to listen to this. And so I, I, what I want to do here is just at least introduce this and send you there to listen. And then I would love to start a conversation, right? Because everyone has struggled. This is the one thing I know about money, church, and Christian ministries. Everyone has strong opinions about what is allowed, what shouldn't be allowed. Some people have no problem with young people selling candy bars or calendars or or washing cars to try to raise money to go to church camp, where to me, the church should just pay for it, right? Um, the, the, the young people want to go on a mission trip. Well, they got to raise money doing this, 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 this. And a lot of people are like, that's great. To me, it would be like, no, the church should just pay for it, right? That I've always had very strong uh, opinions about all of this. Other people have no problem having a garage sale, doing this, selling this, selling that, selling this, selling that, having some kind of banquet and and everyone pay, pay t- buy tickets. I've seen churches do all kinds of things. And most of the time, most people are okay with it. Uh, others may do some kind of stewardship program. We have lots of sermons on stewardship and, and you really try to emphasize giving, 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 giving. I saw one church do a Pony Express stewardship month. And I guess like, you you would have a bag and then you were supposed to put in like how much you were promising to give for that year. And then that someone, they would deliver that bag to someone else's house. And it was like a bag from the Pony Express. Like it was supposed to look like that. And it was some like novel way to try to raise money. I've seen faith promise missions done in churches in Nebraska. And so then there was this massive push that look, don't worry about you you trust God and you put down an amount that may even go beyond your ability to pay it. And you trust God that he's going to bring in the money. And so then people would say, we're going to give $500 a month for faith promise. And then, well, now that you've promised God, you better make sure you sacrifice to do this. And then, and well, then people would have trouble trying to pay. It, it was crazy. So I've seen, I think I've seen and witnessed almost every little trick, gimmick, idea. I've seen emotional please. I've seen fire and brimstone preaching that you don't love God because you're not giving of your money. I've seen more subtle approaches. I've seen silence. I've seen selling things. I've seen trying to, I've seen literally everything and probably so have you. And uh, there's always criticisms about it, right? There's always criticisms about it. But for the first time in my life, 24 years as a a part of one church, almost 24 years, and all these years broadcasting, this is the first time that I'm like, well, wait a minute. How do you do this? Like, what is right and what is wrong? So a church doing a share has caught my attention. So again, it's on the Sermons 2.0 app. In fact, I'm going to look at the Sermons 2.0 app right now as I'm talking to you. 
I'm going to look to it. That's uh, that's Sirius XM. That's not going to help us. Um, it is um, Anchor Baptist Church. Anchor Baptist Church. Okay, A- Anchor Baptist Church. I'm going to go to Broadcaster Info. And there it is. It's, uh, oh, I wonder, are they raising money for our radio station? Because it also, uh, I'm looking now at a picture of the video. And then in the back, it says WGCR, share So are they trying to raise money for a radio station? I don't know what's going on. We're about to find out. I think it would make more sense. But then do you use the church to raise money for the radio station? It'd be like uh, Victory Baptist Church trying to raise money for the podcast. Like, that's interesting. So we're going to listen to the beginning of this and just hear the beginning of this. We're not going to review much. Maybe we'll come back and do a deeper review. I'm just trying to, I'm just putting it forth as really a question for you guys to answer. Because I know you've got strong opinions on it. I know you've got opinions of what you think is acceptable. You've got opinions of what you think is unacceptable. And I, 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 for the, I've never given it much thought. I've always been like, I don't know why churches do all of this. I don't know what the problem is. What, what's the issue? Right? Because I've always looked at it. We're a little bitty church in the middle of nowhere. The, I drive by these churches doing all this fundraising and I'm like, they're 15 times the size of my church. They're building, I mean, their building is probably worth a, a couple of hundred thousand dollars. Like, like you, you know, you are, are maybe half a million dollars. Who knows? I mean, I look at their building like it's like a, it's like a mansion compared to what we have. And so I just look at it and I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, now all of a sudden when I wake up, when I go to church one day and I'm told, Hey, uh, I just got to let you know this, the money coming in, it's not matching the money going out. We got a problem. And I'm like, uh oh. Uh, oh, what do you mean we got a problem? And then everyone's kind of like, we've got a problem. And then like, well, what do we do? Well, get rid of the building. Maybe we have a house church. And you're like, but that's going the wrong direction. Okay. So, uh, so I, I want to hear this. So let's, let's listen and just see what they're doing. Cause I have no, this is not me listening to criticize. This is me listening just because, well, this is a part of our sermons 2.0 app challenge, which you're supposed to be picking random things. And in a roundabout way, I randomly saw this. And so I want you to go listen. I want you, I don't, they've got, I don't know how many episodes they've got. I see three, four, five, maybe six episodes already called uh, Share-a-thon 2024 Sunday morning, Share-a-thon 2024. Uh, well, there's two Sunday mornings, uh, three Sunday mornings. I don't even know how they're doing this. Let's just find out. Let's go listen. Six, verse number two, Second Corinthians chapter number six, verse number two. And so we need to be reminded of some things. The Bible says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation I have succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Let's bow our heads together. Father, would you help us now as we, uh, Lord, reminisce and look back. And Lord, proving what you have done. And then, Lord, may we look forward with anticipation as to what you can do for the glory of God, in Christ's name, amen and amen. We always start out Sherathon by, by this phrase. Good morning, it's Sherathon time! And that has become kind of the trademark of Sherathon. Well, that's what I want to share with you tonight, Sherathon time. And I want to look at some things that the Lord has done during share 
And so I read you the verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 2. The Bible says, now is the day of salvation. So what time? You say, well, Sherathon time, what does that mean? Well, can I tell you that in time past, it's been a time of salvation. We had had a good meeting. The year was probably, I don't know, 2012, 2013, not sure exactly. But we had had a good meeting. God had blessed us. And just a few months ago, matter of fact, it's not been long ago, I was called to do a funeral. And I went over to Forest Lawn to do the funeral. And at the funeral, just a handful of people there. I'm talking about just one row. That's all that was there. And uh, just, just, just a handful. And I told him what happened that night of Sherathon. Because the man's body that was lying in front of me, when things was about, it's about wound down. It looked like it looked like the services were over. It looked like that God had done what He was going to do, and it looked like we was getting ready to go to the house. And the gentleman sitting right back there, I point to where he's at. He stood up, and I thought that's odd. And when he stood up, he looked dead at me. And I thought, that's odd. And here he come. And he started down that aisle. And when he started down that aisle, I know it wasn't because of him. It was the Spirit of God moving. But there was others beat him down here. And a set of twins got saved right here. Here he come. I don't know how many got in that night. But I was able to stand at a funeral, not just a few, just, I think just for Christmas maybe at Carol's funeral and tell them about the night as a 70-something-year-old man. He walked the aisle at Anchor Baptist Church during Sherathon and got born again. Okay, now this is interesting because this is almost being described that Sherathon is a revival service. That's how I'm hearing it. So is it... I'm legitimately... Curious here. I, I want to make sure if you're if you're just tuning in, this is not a criticism. This is not. This is me le- legitimately because we're doing the sermons 2.0 app challenge where we're just picking random things. I'm legitimately curious about this, and so we're listening to this because I want you to then go listen to the rest. I want you to go listen to all the messages, and and, and because I want you to, well, I want you to process what you think because I I'm like share a thon. Okay, well I read what a share a thon is. Now, he's describing it more like a revival service. So how does this work? Let's see if we get some explanation. And it wasn't just him. Matter of fact, that following fall, we baptized the river full. Boy, there's a gang of them that we baptized. And said they got in during Sherathon. I mean, they got in during Sherathon. Let me just see. Is there anybody here tonight you got saved during Sherathon? I don't know if one, two. What about that? Got two here right now. Got saved during Sherathon. Well, can I say hallelujah? What, what is Sherathon time, preacher? Uh, Sherathon time is a time of salvation. Amen. Uh, behold, now is the day of salvation. Sherathon time is also a time of help. The Bible declares in Hebrews chapter number 4 and in verse number 16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. In time of need, 
And that word help means to undergird in time of a storm. It carries with it the idea of frapping a ship. Anybody remember the night we got Rudy's meal barrel up here? He asked me, he said, uh, he said, you got a barrel? I said, I believe we do. He said, can you bring it up here to the service? I need a barrel. And I said, yeah, we'll, I'll get you a barrel. It seemed like it was one of those pasteboard barrels. Anybody remember the barrel? Wasn't it one of those pasteboard barrels that's with a metal rim on it? Ain't that what it looked like? And we put it over here. And we, got the, we was joking about eggs and laying eggs. I don't know what. And also, there's egg cartons all over the place. But that was a joke. I think he had told it. Somebody had told it. Said uh, the preacher was put out of the church and didn't know how they was going to make a living. And his wife said, well, honey, come in here. And she went in, and the whole closet's full of money. And uh, said, uh, well, honey, where did we get all this money? He said, well, every time you laid an egg in the pulpit... I'd, when I got a dozen, I'd sell them and said, this is the money I got off of them. And so he told that joke. So we brought all these egg cartons and decorated the place with. But he got to running around here and hollering in that mill bar. He'd stick his head down in that thing and holler. Remember that? Remember when Rudy would stick his head down in the mill barrel? And people got to throwing money in the mill barrel. Remember that? And we were behind. And it had been a tough share but I'm going to tell you something. Rudy's mill barrel, God just overruled that thing. And it changed the whole direction of that thing. And uh, God just overruled. Can I tell you, grace to help in time of need. We've okay, now this is where I struggle. Okay, that's awesome. If, I mean, I'm going to get me a, a barrel and put it uh, up in the church and see if we can fill that thing up with money. Okay, all right. No, I'm not. Um, this is where I struggle. Now this is now this is really more of a theological question. Now I know a lot of this when it comes to charathons and raising money in the church. A lot of it comes down to a very deep theological question about the regulative principle and the normative principle. Like which principle are you going to utilize in order to raise money in the church? What is the regulative principle and and trying to raise money and what is the normative principle? We we could have a theological discussion about that. But here's where I'm struggling. Let me read Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Now, do you feel that a verse like, now Now we would have to look at other scriptures where I think other scriptures would probably kind of negate this. But when I read a scripture like that, it kind of tells me, you know what we should do? I shouldn't even mention the financial situation. I, no church should. We should just, whoever knows there's a financial situation, it, like say, okay, well, let's take it to the throne of grace. Let's not tell anyone else and let's trust God. Now you would, you, you, you want to have a romanticized idea. And I know there's books on prayer where this kind of idea is told over and over and over. So I know on one hand, we love to preach this, right? We love to preach it. We always have a hard time practicing it. But the thing is, okay, like when I, like when I was told, okay, don't tell anyone you pray, I pray and God will provide. 
But then on the other hand, we know if you don't tell people, <laughs> there's a high probability that provision is not going to come because God doesn't send money down, you know, in a, a supernatural way and it floats down and you open up your front door and it's not an Amazon package, but it's an envelope with a check for, you know, $80,000 to pay off your mortgage. It doesn't, I wish it worked that way. Don't you? I wish it worked that way, but it doesn't. But, but typically you have to bring the need before the people and then the people are will either give or they won't give. But there's a part of me, well, if we're going to trust God for this, then I don't need to tell anybody else. Like, like I, I, there's a part of me that says that's kind of the way it probably should. There's a spiritual part of me. It's like, that's the way I want it to be. There's a practical part of me going, I don't know if that's the way it's going to work. Because he's like, God overruled that thing. And God, well, if God is the one who put, had all those people put the money in the, in the barrel, then you didn't even need to bring the barrel. In fact, you didn't even need a share Just pray. God would have moved the people and they would have given. You see, it's always just like on one hand, we want to say God is the one doing it. But then if God is the one doing it, you don't need to tell anyone because God would move the people. But then does God really speak to people then outside of the scriptures to give? Or did the Bible already command them to give, right? Are you already supposed to support where you're being spiritually fed? Isn't the one that preaches and teaches supposed to be supported by the preaching and teaching that they're doing? Aren't they supposed to benefit from it? Aren't the people to give as they're being blessed? Aren't they to give as there is a need? Well, how are they going to know there's a need unless they're told? So, okay, so clearly this is a time of salvation, but he's very much attaching this to also a time of of giving, a time of, 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 of obviously help. He calling it help, but it's a time to raise money to help so that the ministry can be sustained. It seems to be where it's going. Well, let's listen just to a few seconds more. Seen grace to help many, many times. We've seen God do that. Uh, when, when, when Katie was little, uh, she had RSV and she was in intensive care and, uh, I couldn't even go over there. They wouldn't let me in the hospital. We had to carry on here. But you know the Lord had that fixed too because that was the most prayed for youngin' in three counties because everybody, everybody at Sherathon is praying for Katie. And Shannon over by herself in intensive care with Katie. But God gave us grace to carry on. God gave us grace to keep on. And uh, grace to help in time of need. And then what is Sherathon, preacher? Well, we're making an acrostic. Sherathon, not only a, a time of salvation and a time of help, but under the letter A, Sherathon is a time of assurance. And uh, I thought about what the Scripture says uh, in Acts chapter number 16 and verse number 9, but I'll read uh, verse, 1 John five thirteen. that's on the screen. These things I have written unto you that you believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. But can I tell you that that's assurance of salvation, but there's also assurance of the will of God. There's also that thing, assurance of the will of God. And I find the word again in the book of Acts, chapter number 16, verse number 19, uh, actually verse number, verse number 10 rather. And after he had seen the vision, the Macedonian vision, the Bible says immediately we, after he had seen the vision, Paul, immediately we, Paul and Luke, endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. 
I've read to you before the, before the sermon, I read to you a list of, of men that God did works in their heart during Sherathon. I, I now, let me just make this clear. Okay, I know my theology is different than probably their theology. If you want to be assured of God's will, you read it in the Bible. I don't believe in some kind of voice or feeling or emotion to figure out God's will. It's either in the scripture or then you're just making a decision based on your personal desires. You may say, believe God is giving you said desire, but then you got to be careful with that because you may have a desire that's not God's desire and you're going to accredit God with said desires, not desire. That's where it gets iffy and questionable. No. The scriptures, if you want to know God's will, it's in the scriptures. If it's not in the scriptures, then it's just you making a decision based off your own wants, your own desires, and your own thinking. All right. So, but we'll stop right there because I just, all I wanted to do was present this idea to you. That's all I wanted to do. So grab the Sermons 2.0 app challenge or grab the Sermons 2.0 app. Participate in the Sermons 2.0 app challenge and look up the messages for Share a Thon 2024 from Anchor Baptist Church and go listen to them. Download them, stream them, and well, finish that acrostic. S stands for salvation and then the word share. H stands for help. A stands for the word assurance. I'm assuming R is going to stand for the word revival and I'm guessing E will stand for uh, evangelism, right? That's why I don't know if they're going to do anything with the A or the T-H-O-N. If they're just going to go with share, then I'm saying salvation, help, assurance, revival, and I'm going to say evangelism. That could be wrong. I could be wrong. But you go listen to the rest, all right? That one, uh, the one we're listening to is, the I think, the very first one. I'm looking at their messages right here. I'm looking at their messages. Um, recent sermons. Here we go. I'm going to go. Uh, Sherathon. 2024, Sunday, the Sunday service. It's already had a hundred views, already 100 views. So clearly they got a lot of attention for that first, that first episode or that I'm, I'm calling it first episode, that first message. share 2024, please go listen to it. Please go uh, check it out. And just tell me what you think about all of this, about, you know, which principles should govern and guide what we do. Should we even bring it to people or should we just bring it to God? How should it work? Have you ever seen a share in your church? How do, how does it, I, this is a new concept to me. I've never seen one. I've seen share on Christian radio, never inside a church. So is it money for the church? Is it money for a radio station? Is it money for, is it a money for a, co- a combination of both? Like, how does this work? Like, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Not that I necessarily want to borrow their ideas, but I'm just fascinated about how it works. And I think we're going to see, I think more and more churches are going to experience more and more financial difficulties, and we're going to see more and more different ideas used. So you go check it out, and then we may come back and talk about this again. Maybe we will. Even if you don't want to talk about it, I may come back and talk about it because now I'm very curious and how this is all going to play out. And I want to know to, I want to know what the entire acrostic is. So. You email me your thoughts, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. Participate in the Sermons 2.0 app challenge. And God bless.